is a Woodside Church podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Tim and today is the second message in our series entitled The Difference It Makes. We're looking at the Easter story from John's Gospel. This week we're looking at the next part of the Apostle John's Easter story, the story of Jesus's trials and I'm entitling this The Escape Route. On one occasion, when Catherine and I visited our son and family in Japan, I took this photo of a tsunami evacuation route sign when we were at the edges of their city on the Pacific coast. If there's an earthquake with added risk of a tsunami, then sirens will sound and people will take note of the escape route uh, to a place of safety. And these signs make it very clear where that is. Just follow the signs in the direction of the arrows. And when escaping, you're getting away from something that is not good, that's dangerous. And you're running to something or someone or somewhere that is good and is safe. Jesus was held captive. He lost his freedom when he was arrested, tried and sent to be crucified. He did this for us. And he escaped three days later by being raised from the dead. More about this on Easter Sunday. By doing this, he created the route for us by which we can be saved from the kingdom of darkness to God's kingdom, from captivity to sin and self-interest to freedom and forgiveness. Jesus gave up his freedom to give us the escape route into his kingdom. I love that. He's the escape route. He said, I and the way, the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. If you want to be saved, follow him. As Paul put it in Colossians 1, 13 to 14, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Now, last week, Martin taught how the Easter story gives us hope. Today, I want to add two more things about the difference it makes. The Easter story gives us true peace and true freedom. Right now, here in the UK, everyone is getting cautiously excited about the prospect of regaining our freedom from the restrictions due to the pandemic. For those of us who are Christians, the Easter story reminds us that because of what Jesus has done for us, the greatest freedom I have, uh, we have, our freedom in Christ can never be taken away. And we've enjoyed this freedom all the way through the pandemic and have been promised peace from God in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. I want to show you from the narrative of Jesus's trial how we can be reminded of this. 
So Paul Cameron today is going to read the story to us. And then we're going to look at how we can live in the good of this in reality in our daily lives. John chapter 18, verses 19 to 24. The high priest questions Jesus. Inside, the high priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he'd been teaching them. Jesus replied, everyone knows what I teach. I've preached regularly in the synagogues and the temple where the people gather. I've not spoken in secret. Why are you asking me this question? Ask those who heard me. They know what I said. Then one of the temple guards standing nearby slapped Jesus across the face. Is that the way you answer the high priest? He demanded. Jesus replied, if I said anything wrong, you must prove it. But if I'm speaking the truth, why are you beating me? Then Annas bound Jesus and sent him to Caiaphas. John chapter 18, verses 28 to 40. Jesus' trial before Pilate. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman emperor. His accusers didn't want to go inside because it, that would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone the Jewish leaders replied, this fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, So you are a king? Jesus responded, You say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognise that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He's not guilty of any crime. But you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release this king of the Jews? But they shouted back, No, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was a revolutionary. John chapter 19, verses 1 to 16. Jesus sentenced to death. Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put a purple robe on him. Hail, King of the Jews, they mocked. 
as they slapped him across the face. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I'm going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said, Look, here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priests of the temple guards began shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Take him yourselves and crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied, By our law, he ought to die, because he called himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me? Pilate demanded. Don't you realise I have power to release you or to crucify you? Then Jesus said, You would have no power over me at all unless it were given you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leaders shouted, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat, on the platform that is called the Stone Pavement, in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was now about noon on the day of preparation for the Passover. And Pilate said to the people, Look, here is your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him, crucify him. What, crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the leading priest shouted back. Then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. So... Jesus was arrested and put under the custody of the Jewish religious authorities and Roman political authority. His freedom was taken away, but he didn't act with panic. He knew that God the Father was in complete control. This was demonstrated when Pilate reminded him that he had the power to release Jesus or have him executed, to which Jesus said in John 19, 11, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. He was given false trials and there was no evidence against him apart from the fact that he did not deny that he was the Son of God, considered to be blasphemy by the Jewish leaders and punishable by death. But of course, Jesus was telling the truth. The only death penalty the Jewish religious authorities were allowed to give was by stoning, but they wanted him executed by crucifixion. This was in line with God's plan, which Jesus knew would happen. I mean, go back to John 12, and Jesus actually said, when I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this to indicate how he was going to die. So none of this... And none of what was taking place took Jesus by surprise. The Jewish leaders knew 
that Pilate would not be convinced by any religious accusation. So they made him out to be a criminal. They handed him over to Pilate, the only one who was authorised to issue the death penalty by crucifixion. In his narrative, John brings out the irony that these Jewish religious leaders who had rejected Jesus were unwilling to go into Pilate's residence because being under the same roof as as a Gentile would make them unclean and disqualify them from continuing to celebrate the feast of the Passover, which was going on at that time. But they handed Jesus over, himself a Jew, to go into that place that they considered unclean, when actually Jesus was the pure and perfect Lamb of God who was about to die at their hands in order to take away our sin. The innocent one, the true Son of God, gave his life so that we could know true freedom and peace. So Pilate had to question Jesus on his own and unsurprisingly as a politician uh, Pilate's questioning of Jesus went straight to the subject of kingdom. He asked him are you the king of the Jews? Jesus explained that his kingdom is not an earthly kingdom and his kingdom is not of this world. He also pointed out the difference this makes to his followers. If it were an earthly kingdom, his followers would fight to keep him from being arrested and handed over to the Jewish leaders. We are in the world, but we're not of it. We're not to be shaped by the world's mould. We are to be transformed by the renewal of our minds in line with Jesus and his teaching. God's kingdom is not seen in any political or economic sphere. It's seen wherever God's rule is happening, in and through the hearts and the lives of those who've entered it. It's a life in which we are enjoying the presence of God. As it says in Romans fourteen seventeen, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Here at his trial, Jesus talks to Pilate about his kingdom and his followers. Jesus gave his life to make the escape route possible so that we could escape from darkness and enter his kingdom, not by our own efforts, but by him rescuing us through his death on the cross and his resurrection. After all Pilate's questioning of Jesus, he declared that he could find nothing wrong in him nothing deserving punishment or the death penalty. Three times he publicly declared Jesus's innocence to the people. Pilate felt uncomfortable about sentencing him, but having said that, he had Jesus whipped, the soldiers dressed him mockingly in a purple robe, and an excruciating and humiliating crown of thorns was pressed upon his head. Maybe Pilate was hoping this punishment alone would placate the Jewish leaders and save Jesus's life. But relentless pressure from the Jewish leaders 
and a gathered crowd, even preferring the release of the criminal Barabbas, resulted in Pilate handing him over to them with his authority for Jesus to be crucified. Even at this point, Pilate never reneged on his declaration of Jesus being the King of the Jews. So what difference does all this make to how we would otherwise have been in this challenging season? The answer to this question can be illustrated from questions asked by the High Priest and by Pilate, and they remind us of two characteristics of God's kingdom, and the first of which is we have peace. John 18, 19, we read that inside the high priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he'd been teaching them. And the high priest questioning acknowledged that Jesus's followers were a distinct group of people whose lives were shaped by his teaching. And we as his followers still are those things. After a huge body of teaching that Jesus gave his disciples at the Last Supper, recorded in John chapters 14 to 16, he summed up for them the effect of his teaching when we allow it to shape us by saying this. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, this is a difference that Jesus' teaching makes. He promises his disciples that, yes, they will have trouble in this world, but also that in the midst of that, they would have peace. Understanding this makes a huge difference to our lives. You know, we should expect trouble, inconvenience, delay, difficulties, opposition. Right now, lockdown, restrictions, the threat of the virus and all its ramifications. But the difference it makes for us as followers of Jesus is that in Christ, we can experience peace in the midst of trouble. This is the escape route from disappointment, self-pity, frustration, anger and the like to taking heart, as Jesus encouraged his disciples to do, knowing that through his death and resurrection, Jesus has overcome the world and that in him we're promised peace in the midst of difficulties. The second difference it makes is we have freedom. In reply to the question by Annas, what he had been teaching his followers of Jesus, Jesus started by saying, everybody knows what I teach. There's so much that Jesus taught. And if Annas had done his homework, if he'd gone to listen to Jesus himself or brought in the proper witnesses to this illegal trial, he would not have needed to ask this question. There is another occasion recorded in John chapter 8 
when Jesus summed up the effect of his teaching. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We've been born again into God's kingdom of which Jesus is king. And this kingdom is built on the truth, which is exactly what Jesus explained to Pilate during his trial. John 18, 37, Pilate said, so you're a king. Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognise that what I say is true. We know what Jesus says is true because when we live in the good of what Jesus teaches, it truly sets us free, regardless of anything like lockdown restrictions. During this pandemic, some have protested their freedoms, that their freedoms are being taken away. I mean, they, you know, like they had to stay at home or they had to wear a mask or, or couldn't go on holidays or travel or uh, work in their normal place of work or go to school, uh, at least up to now. Time with friends and family or go to entertainment venues. You can take all of these things away and we are still free. Freedom is not being able to do what we want, regardless of its impact or consequences on others or ourselves. True freedom is found in knowing the truth. Jesus is the truth and our true freedom is found in him. Therefore, whatever's been taken away, we are still free. As Jesus said in John 8, 36, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Let me give you a very down-to-earth and practical picture of someone who was at peace and free in Christ, whatever life threw at them. And that's the Apostle Paul, when in Philippians 4, 11 to 13, he said this, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. For me, this is one of the big lessons that I've been learning afresh while in lockdown. It's not something that comes automatically. You know, Paul says it's something that we have to learn through the circumstances of life. To come to a place where you no longer need this, that or the other in order to live a happy and peaceful life, for example. Ultimately, nothing in this life can satisfy your desires apart from God. St Augustine came to this point in his life where he said to God, you've made us for yourself and our heart is restless 
until it rests in you. The truth is that knowing and following Jesus, who is the truth, sets us free from discontentment, from the insatiable desire to fill our lives with something else in order to make us happy. He frees us from a, a restlessness where I have to have this or that, otherwise I'll be anxious, angry, frustrated and so forth. Because having been on the escape route that brings us into Jesus's kingdom, that gives us forgiveness of sin, a relationship with God and eternal life, nothing else in life compares with this. In the Easter story, we find true peace and true freedom, our escape from sin and death. Jesus gave up his freedom to give us the escape route. He is the way, the truth and the life. And no one can come to the Father but through him. You can never take away what Jesus has done for us through his death on the cross. This keeps us standing and trusting and rejoicing because this is our source of peace, even in times of trouble and the true freedom that Jesus promised his disciples. I wonder if you need that peace and freedom in your life today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, for some of us right now, we give to you our frustrations, our disappointments, our fears and our anger. And thank you that although you said in this world we would have trouble, in the same breath, you also said that in the midst of that we would find peace in you. Right now, we ask for your peace. We also thank you that you are the way, the truth and the life. And you said in your word, uh, you said your word is truth. And we know that the, tr uh, and we know, would know the truth. And the truth would set us free. Help us by your word and by your Holy Spirit to learn to live in this freedom. In your precious name we ask this. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.